90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. It's nice. Gets the people going. You're now listening to Diagnonsense. Look at all this damage! With Justin Pendergrass and Kurt Honak. You are a sad, strange little man. Then we would just be idiots saying nonsense. We're going to give our viewers an existential crisis. It's going to be like... Um... I love <laughs> giving our listeners an existential crisis. It sounded so seductive. <laughs> Would you like to get really existential with me? All right, shut it down. Shut it down. Cut it. Moving on to the next thing, because Isaac, however... Um, we're not going to do housekeeping again. We're just going to talk about something else. We're not going to do housekeeping again. That's fine. I concede that we're not going to do housekeeping Good, again. I'm sick of hearing you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just like playing devil's advocate with you. Yeah. 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 Half the stuff I say on here, I don't actually know anything about. I didn't know anything about what we were talking about. Yeah, you, we were just I'm rambling still, I'm for still an hour. learning about it. Yeah, yeah I was, we were just rambling we're for just, an hour. Yeah, we're just teeing it up. We're just teeing yeah. it up. We can come back to it. Yeah, that's true. We just true. need some, like, college psychologist professor to, like, break it down for us. I still won't understand it, probably. I mean. That's okay. Thank I don't you guys. Need to understand it. Thank you guys for tuning in to Diag Nonsense. This is the second half of our last episode. I'm your host, Justin Pendergrass. I'm here with Kurt Honak, and we're going to talk about some other so stuff. So the problem is, is that you just teed up the intro again. Yep. But, like... So no one had to know that we are recording this right after we recorded our last episode, which now has released two weeks ago. But so now that just... you said that, you just ruined it. Like we might we might as well have just like recorded a whole different episode. This is the same audio. We file just went into me. a really good soft open there, and I just wanted to roll with it. Okay. Okay. You well, can judge whatever you want. I want people to know that we recorded this at the same time, Isaac. Okay. Well, we did. And we did. Because I have to take time off. And that's okay because we just, no, it's we're not. the content we're kings. We're actually pretty mad about because it. Because we're the content kings, we're just going to keep rolling out content because that's what we do. But now, because you did that, I'm going to do a housekeeping segment. No. Um, I'm ending so the I'm, housekeeping. I'm housekeeping you already said for like you three weeks in the future. All I know is that International oh. Overdose Awareness Day is on August 31st, <laughs> which I've already said today like 30 minutes ago when we're recording this. Isaac, uh, that's enough. But <laughs> I don't know what else has happened because at this point we're too far in the future and I don't sure. know enough about uh, the planned behavior theory, whatever it's called, yep. the theory of planned theory behavior. Of plan behavior. To predict what the world is going to look like in three weeks. So hopefully everything's fine. Well, well if you just become a metaphysical wizard, you can just do housekeeping for the end of time right now. For you all can just I keep know, doing it over at this over very again. moment, Isaac is a married man. <laughs> no, I'm not. No. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's, wait. When, when will this, this episode out? release? You could be married, dude. What's today? We're Friday. in the future. Unless okay. she, you know, so that changes her then. mind. No, but it is my bachelor party right now. Is it? It is. Wow, no invite? Whatever. No, it's fine. I'm not going. <laughs> Good. Anyway, even if I was invited. That's fine. Me and Kurt are going to do a better bachelor I know, party without you. I just you. know that you don't golf. Did you want to go golfing? Yeah, I told you that already. Well, I still want to go golfing, but like... As your bachelor party? No, we're golfing for my bachelor party, yeah. That's pretty rad. Yeah. <laughs> 
my uh, buddy flew up from Seattle and um, a couple days before my wedding. Yeah. And uh, and he cut all of my groomsmen's hair. Man, that was my bachelor party. I don't care. No, it was rad. I don't really care. It's about gonna your be better party. than golfing. Well, no, it's not. Yeah, it is, dude. Just gonna be hanging out. Are outside, you gonna get a haircut? Golfing. I already got a haircut. No, you look ridiculous. At least I have hair. Anyway, Kurt. Yeah, well. Yep. <laughs> I think that if we look at the learned behaviors, so, people actually are more accepting We're not talking about that guys. anymore. We're not talking about that anymore because it's a different week, which we've already established. Man, this has just so, been a hot mess. That's okay. Starring Isaac. I <laughs> saw this on, well, I, so a couple of people sent me this uh, study, but I also saw this on Jimmy Dore, and it's talking about um, the main... Uh, so, so the title of the article is called the, the Serotonin Theory of Depression, a Systemic Umbrella Review of the Evidence. This was published in um, Molecular Psychiatry on uh, July 20th. Of this year? Yep. So just a few weeks ago. Nope, more than a month ago. When this releases. <laughs> well, when this releases. <laughs> that's yes. true, yeah. Yes. Almost two we're time months, traveling. Yeah. No, we're, not almost two months. We're time traveling. Nope. Um, you said July 20th? Yeah. Oh. Math. But, no, no I, I wanted to talk about this just because um, this is um, this is a big deal. No, uh, this is super interesting, I think. Um, it's talking about the main areas of serotonin research provide no consistent evidence of there being an association between serotonin and a depression. Uh, and no support for the hypothesis that depression is caused by lowered serotonin activity or concentrations. Uh, some evidence was consistent with the possibility that long-term antidepressant use reduces serotonin concentration. So that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that basically uh, says that the entirety of the behavioral health system Pushing medications for depressed individuals has been flawed, yeah. which is what you've been arguing for years, Kurt. I, I have interesting. Um, it's and 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 I skimmed through this. Um, apparently, yeah, it's pin-nos. a big, it's a it's a big, um, you know, study. I suspected this when I read Robert Whitaker, uh, Anatomy of an Epidemic, and they're saying in the 1970s the cerebral spinal fluid for serotonin was not. Um, consistent with people having depression, meaning that like, if I remember correctly, what I read from it was essentially like there was no correlation between people being depressed and how much serotonin was in their cerebral spinal fluid. So that for me was already an area of like suspicion that there right. wasn't a connection. Um, I think if you read enough of the research, you kind of like can validate it from your own subjective kind of view that there wasn't a connection between the serotonin, but this is just another nail in the coffin of, of that theory, you know. Is this a theory um, as well? This is this is a uh, a study that they did. Okay, so and this there's is actual big, evidence behind yeah. proving that this is... Yeah. Um, Do you have some pen notes for us for this article that we can kind of chew on? Yeah, um, so they're saying each, each member of the team was allocated one to three domains of serotonin research to search and screen for eligible studies using abstract and full text review. Dang, so they sent um, it out to multiple different scientists. Well, I mean, I would hope so. It's, yeah. It looks like a meta-analysis of, of serotonin theory, right? So they're, they're, they're not just looking at like you know, one study saying, okay, it's connected or not connected. They're looking at, um, um, it says 
for example here, it's like as no systemic review or meta-analysis has uh, had been performed within the last 10 years on serotonin depletion, we also identified the 10 latest studies for illustration of more recent research and findings. So they're taking a meta-analysis, right? It's like where you take like multiple studies you're and crunch the them studies. together. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. studying the studies. And so I'm just skimming through here. <clears throat> and I and I haven't admittedly I haven't I haven't read it as um closely as as I've as I've wanted to just because I this kind of validates what I already what I already suspected and and um I think part of this was in one of these studies they so they use tryptophan depletion so tryptophan breaks down into um Is that the I'm, stuff in turkeys? <clears throat> yep. That makes you sleepy? Yeah. Okay. So one part of this was um, they talk about tryptophan depletion, um, and and so part of the reason that uh, trypto, tryptophan depletion is being used to study serotonin is because I believe how that works is tryptophan breaks down into five HTP. So have you heard about people taking five HTP after MDMA yes. usage? Yes. Okay, that's because they when you use MDMA, it screws up that serotonin axis. So part of the recovery for that is that people will take. 5 HTP to help try and uh, with right. the withdrawal. Well, and it, it, it has something to do with the receptors that pick yeah. up on that stuff, right? In your yeah. Um, and, and so, and so they were, they were like artificially depleting um, serotonin and they're like, you know, this study is essentially saying that um, I believe the takeaway is that there is not a connection between like how people are feeling in that tryptophan depletion um, yeah, so it says eight studies conducted with healthy volunteers showed no effects of tryptophan depletion on mood, including the only two parallel group studies. Um, one study presented effects in people with and without a family history of depression and no differences were apparent in either group. So this is like, I mean, I could, I could keep reading parts of the study off, but, um, you know, to me, this is just confirms what I suspected. And I'm, I think it's a huge, I think, I think people should be outraged at the fact that there is, it's like if you bought a car, right. And like the car came with a special kind of seatbelt and they told you to wear that. And, and that special kind of seatbelt is supposed to reduce fatalities. Well, you know, looking at the fact that these are actually depleting serotonin in the long run. It's like, not only do, um, you know, not only does the seatbelt not work, but maybe the seatbelt actually makes your accidents worse. Yeah. The seatbelt is actually a grat wire that slices your head off every time you get in an accident. Yeah. Well, great. well, and, and, wow. and that, was vivid. <laughs> that, that might be a dramatic sort of like, oh, uh, limp. uh, analogy, but, but when you're talking about like, um, there's, there's just all kinds of things. When you're talking about something that's, that they've had to put a black box warning label on that causes suicidality, which can cause homicidality, right? Like you're not just talking about something that it was like, oopsie, the thing doesn't work. It's like, no, oopsie, the thing makes the, the thing worse. Yeah. Well, and you know, and, and, and it's like they had data to suggest that that was true long before, long before like we were around like it, it kind of makes sense to me at least because if you're 
if you're doing something that artificially inflates your either the levels of serotonin in your system or your response to serotonin, then your body's natural response to that is to either decrease is to decrease serotonin right. levels. And and see, you're not even a, and that's, a, a, that's, a that's like basic logic. You're that's, not even a neurologist no, or a doctor, I'm definitely right? Definitely not. So you're a just some dude. But that, <laughs> but that makes thanks, sense Kurt. to you, right? That's, it. that's all you are. Just some dude. Just some dude. But I mean, like that's. I mean, but that's but, that's like it's like drinking. If you are drinking five beers every right. day for a month straight, by the end of that month, you're not even going to be buzzed from the five beers because you build up a tolerance be, just like anything else with your body. And a dependency. Right? And a dependency, yes. And what, I mean, both of which so, are not great yeah. when we're talking about the chemical in your body that allows you to like feel happy. Well, Well, but that's the other part of it too is that Right. If it's not linked to depression, then arguably people, you know, shouldn't be more depressed when it's depleted. But however, however, I, I, I even wonder about the connection there because it's like, okay, so we know that people who are on them long-term are showing less concentrations of serotonin when in reality, you know, the, the premise was that you were correcting a chemical imbalance. But if, if part of the side effects of the drug are, are suicidality, you know, potentially, it's like, I'm not so sure that there's not a connection between negative mood outcomes. I, maybe there's a stronger correlation between negative mood outcomes and positive mood outcomes. But what they're saying is the depression part of it anyway doesn't have anything to do with it. So, Well, and we've talked know, before about how a lot of these drugs are meant for short-term use and people end up on them for you know, years and years and years and years. And that's when stuff starts to break down. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, but, but again, like this is all that, even that's theoretical, right? Cause it took, I, when I, when I read about the FDA, um, studying, uh, or finally talking about benzodiazepines causing dependency, it was like, took them 60 years to really get around to doing that. So what we're seeing today is, you know, in, in five years from now, who knows, maybe they'll say, you know, it's even worse than what, because it was all theoretical to begin with. Like there was no, and I think that this proves it, right? Cause it's like, there's no connection between. So, so what you're telling me is for decades, they pushed a draw, a lot of Well, and maybe they're going to say that bath salts are the cure to monkey pox. Like that's the <laughs> thing is I, well, know, at this point it gives I mean, plausible deniability. Cure. <laughs> Define cure. It just, I'm just kidding. That it was just horrible. doesn't. Uh, all of this is changing too dark. so much. And we talked about this. <laughs> we talked about this last week, uh, you know, parentheses 30 minutes ago. Right. But um, how like five, 10 years from now, it's, it's going to be a completely different landscape where we're learning like all of this new stuff. And we're going to have to be like, man, like that would have been nice to know. 10 years no. ago and now we have this problem that we have to try to solve and and so that's why that's why I think no matter what study comes out that says anything the the one thing that I know and I'm not saying that this is a solution for everyone because we're a big proponent of individualized care right but the one the one thing that everyone can be doing to better their mental health their physical health is just healthy diet, 
exercise, human connection, self-care. Like there's, yeah, there's so, sure. there's so much stuff that you can do that doesn't require, you know, altering your, the, your chemical balance that doesn't involve, um, you know, risking permanent damage and that we know won't, even if it doesn't help you, even if you need something more, it's a good baseline to start at because eating healthy and exercise is not going to break you long-term if you're right. doing it right. Like that, right. like that is the one thing that I can be certain of that it's like tried and true. Yeah. Right. Like, so it's, it's tough when we talk about these articles right. for, for me to like fully get on board for something or against something because, because yeah, like you said, in five years, like we're, well, we're just going to know well, even more. And I like what you said about the exercise and all that, but um, what about circumstantial depression? Like, mm. right. Because there's not a lot of, I mean, you can do all of those things and then still be at home in a, a situation that you can't escape. Right. Right. Especially you know, in the context of antidepressant. Of, well, and what we depression. work and yeah. right. where we work and what we do and who we're with, like right. understand that there are situations like, you know, you could be doing anything and everything that you can. Like I, I, I'm a huge advocate for what you're saying, Isaac, but I also see it on the other side of the fence too, because myself, I went and I did everything that I felt I needed to do first. Right. And then I still took meds. Well, and that's, that's why I'm saying on. individualized care. So I, I, I'm interested in learning more about this article. And the reason I've been quiet is because I don't know enough um, about any of this. And it is a lot to It's a lot to digest. Yeah, and I'm just kind of hearing what you guys are saying and I'm yeah. listening to the conversation. So I'm not being quiet because I'm upset or anything. I'm just saying like I have been quiet this whole time because I don't really know how to digest all of this. Well, and this is something that I've been studying for like, I've been reading books on for years now. And so it's like, it's yeah, fascinating. I, I, I get that. I, I, I didn't think you were, or I wasn't sure. So it's good that you said. Because, yeah. I just wanted to make it clear to you guys and whoever's listening that I'm not right. quiet because I'm, uh, I'm. I'm not in agreement. I'm quiet because I'm not understanding fully and I don't have enough knowledge to really have an opinion well, um, on that piece. But when Isaac said what he said, yeah. like there are, there are circumstantial depressions, there right. are situational depressions and, and, you know, and you can get away from those things, but some, some people are trapped in them. Right. Right. Uh, well, especially when, especially when we're talking about like the people in our in our field of work, um, like multi-generational substance abuse or, or well, trauma and just, and just people and, that are people that are not adults yet. It, you can't, it's harder to escape those circumstances when you don't have resources, when yeah. you don't have yeah. resources. Yeah. yeah. So what if rather than it being a serotonin lack of serotonin, it's more of like a traumatic brainwave rewiring well, I mean, when you when you think about like ACEs scores, I mean, I think that's more like closer to to what it is for a lot of people. Yeah, so I, that's, that's my personal to me take because right? I actually think that's true. Yeah, because I definitely see it even in my own life. Like, so if, when I did the ACEs test, right? You know, it's the scale from one to ten. One being not at, like one yeah. being like your life has been fairly like zeros like your life is you have no trauma right but one i scale it at one because sometimes it's like uh you know you've a lot of people have lost a loved one just right due to something right right um but then you know 
then at 10, it's like, holy cow, dude, you know? So well, when I did my ACEs test, I did mine with my parents as well. And both of my parents have eight. Right. Right. And then I have a nine. So understand that like, right. Right. Because of the trauma and the situations and the narrow things that happened no. with my folks, it rewired their stuff to where they weren't able to really deal with their trauma or understand how, and I'm having to break those things in my family. Well, and so, so this is an interesting, let's go back to that. Like, like the drinking analogy when we're talking about the body building a tolerance. Yeah. You, you didn't have a chemical change that stopped how your body processes serotonin. You had maybe an emotional change where it's a learned behavior that you have to turn off various aspects of how you feel or how you respond to life circumstances because of years and years and all this like generational trauma. So, so like a just, way to protect yourself. Right. Just like with the serotonin thing or just like with the beers analogy, if you're, if you're drinking every day, if you're going through these experiences and these traumas every day, you, your body has to respond, even if it's not like a physical change, even like a mental or emotional change, you have, your body's going to respond somehow to that continued um, exposure to that trauma. And that will certainly change how you think and how you process emotions. Well, and I think that there's that, there's that passive fear, right? Yeah. Like you don't know that that fear is and really there. And that's the anxiety. Place. Right. It's a passive fear. So like one of my passive fears for a very long time and, and until recently I was able to kind of like beat that was that I would, I would end up homeless again. Right. Until I bought my home. Mm. I had that fear. Yeah. And now I have a home and I'm able to sit there and be like, man, I'm never going to be homeless again. I never have to experience that situation because I've been put into a place where it's mine. Right. No one can take it from me. If I have to be a good steward of that. Right. But you know, right. But no one can take that from me. But for the, you know, the first 27 years of my life, I had this, or not Gosh, even that long, uh, <laughs> last 17 years of my life, 16 yeah. years of my life or whatever it was, right. I had this passive fear that I was going to end up in a situation that was not like an unwinnable circumstance again. Right. So I think that it's really interesting to talk about this topic right here about how the serotonin is affecting things and how, what it's actually not doing. Right. Right. Um, cause well, that like, cause all we all know right. is that it is. Uh, yeah. And what this is basically saying is no, you guys are wrong. You're actually harming your serotonin levels, and these are the ways that you should be correcting them. And those are through the diet stuff that Isaac's talking about and the things like that. Right, right. But also circumstantial things. It's yeah. the ACEs score. It's and all of these. There's so much more to it than just one chemical in your body. Right, right, that's, right. It's that's very making up this whole emotional distress. Right. It's very reductionist, I think, to sort of. But it was a theoretical science that, you know, 70 plus years ago might have looked promising but like uh it's funny because right because because jimmy so jimmy Dore mentioned on this on his show with like uh he's talking about tom cruise went out like 15 years ago or so was talking to matt lauer you know on the today show just going like this is crazy that we're we're doing this experimental dr like drugs on our kids and like you know and so it's funny um but it, but it's tragic too because uh, part of my frustration is that 
we're like the common everyday dude, like me, Isaac, <laughs> Justin, you know, we're just the everyday dudes. We're supposed to be able to rely on um, the medical apparatus to be gatekeepers for this stuff so that we don't have to read the theory. I didn't want to read 2000 pages on psychiatry and neurology to understand what was going on with me. And I feel like we had data for decades that I shouldn't have had to have done that. I feel like millions of Americans are probably feeling close to the same way about this. It could be wrong, but I, I, you know, I just feel like, you know, um, there's a certain amount of, of social disintegration in terms of, of, you know, um, but this is, it goes back to responsibility, you know, how much, you know, the way our country is, we have, we, we recognize the divine right to rule, right? And this is something I want to talk about in future podcasts too, but the freedom of religion. And so we have a high responsibility placed on our citizenry, but this is still, to me, a social betrayal of the common citizen. And I know that that's very, you can extrapolate that out and that's very deep, but I just, um, this confirms more of that to me. Yeah, and I definitely want to dive into that with you, Kurt. Um, I think that we're running close to our time, we and we should yeah. we should uh, wrap up here quick. Just give me um, give me those brief overviews. Give me what what's your takeaway from this, Isaac? I mean, my my takeaway is that I think kind of what I said earlier is that it doesn't matter. It doesn't surprise me that there is this study out here saying that, wow, there actually isn't a link between the ser- your serotonin levels and your likelihood to experience depression. But I think, I think the individualized care is always what I'll go back to. And the whole list, it, it's just like a lot of other things in life, this subject is so multifaceted and you have to be one, you know, constantly challenging your beliefs to continue to learn about this stuff because we're always getting new information. But you also have to be taking that multifaceted approach. You have to be eating right. You have to be, you know, maybe you're seeing a therapist or you're talking to friends or a significant other, but you're getting that connection with people. You have that building block. Um, you know, you have your belief structure, whether that's faith-based um, or religion-based or not. You have all of these different pieces that you have to be working on to build this puzzle. Yeah. And and the thing, the the thing that this study shows me that is, um, I think, my most important takeaway is that the way that we're viewing how we approach mental health care where it is single faceted. It's one single facet. It's change the chemical in your brain, uh, change how your brain processes these chemicals or give your brain new chemicals and, you know, jumble it all around and then boom, you're golden. Isn't working and it hasn't been working and it will continue not to work Mm -hmm. unless you approach it from 
what's best for you as an individual and unless you approach it, approach it from multiple angles. Cool. I think that that's fair. Yeah. What about you, Kurt? What do you, what do you want to give us our the final thoughts? Um, I think that there's no harm in, in doing your own research and, and not believing that, you know, we talked about the theory of planned behavior on the previous one. So this is almost a self-fulfilling prophecy when the drugs say that, you know, when the data is saying that people get worse on the drugs and the, the institutions are pushing that people get, you know, their mental health deteriorates. I think people, you know, if you, if you believe in yourself, there's a certain amount of value in believing that things are going to be okay and having faith that things are going to be okay. And in cert- there's a certain amount of that that's a self-fulfilling prophecy that you can, if you believe you're strong enough, you will be strong enough. And I feel like, I feel like part of our mental health movement with personal connection is reinstilling that into people so that this, there isn't so many people saying the sky is falling that we start to believe it when it's not. Mm. Manifest that energy, baby. <laughs> believe in yourself. <laughs> Check out Positive the articles. Vibes only. Check out the articles linked in the Yep, links in, in the, the description. Give us your feedback. What are you thinking? What are you hearing? What are you studying? What's your theories? We'd yeah. love to hear that stuff. We'll take questions. We won't answer them on air. We will ignore them. But please do send them. Um, <laughs> we so might that we know that you're listening. We might answer them on air. It depends on the question. It'd be cool to do like an all questions episode. Yeah, that's true. Fun. Ask us questions. We need that. Isaac um, at my house. I have a question for you guys. Do you think that Squidward is experiencing low serotonin? Uh, Levels. If it's not linked to depression. No, he's no. taking a whole. He's not taking a holistic approach. He just goes to work. That, that's like, true. He goes to work and he hates his neighbor, and that's the only thing that gives him joy in life. Well, he does Claire, have his. He does play his clarinet. I do yeah, like he does their have opposite approach of the 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 whole Flanders thing. Like he's the exact opposite of Flanders as a neighbor. <laughs> I think that's funny. The you think that's on purpose? Yeah. You do think that's on purpose. Mm-hmm. SpongeBob and The Simpsons are the same. <laughs>